If you are a new visitor or would like information about becoming a member or volunteering, please check out the welcome booth. We also have a few things coming up. We have our block party, which is the end of July. And then we also have BBS that will be in August. So if you're helping, interested in helping out, obviously uh, Pastor Sarah, who just led us in worship, is the person to go to. We need you to kind of be thinking about that now if you're able to help in August. If you're interested at all, talk to her. She'll tell you the dates and what is kind of on the schedule. And then that will give us time. Um, you have to sign a release and give us a copy of your driver's license so we can run a background check. But, oh, Roland's pointing to Wesley. I think it's Wesley's fault. He's, like, not even near the soundboard, but, you know. So the other thing we have going on in August is the baptisms. We have water baptism. The one other thing that we probably won't post right away on Facebook, so I wanted you all to be aware, there's a few community events happening and so we always need volunteers who are available during those times to kind of go out there with us, help us set up a table. Usually we pop up a little tent, and then we'll hand out little bags of information and, like, little gifts for people. So we always like to be involved with the National Night Out. The police officers put that on down by the river. There's also a community gathering of the local um, churches that will be happening in September. And we're going to need lots of volunteers for that as well. And the South End Citizen District will be putting on a back-to-school bash in August. So if any of those types of activities sound like, oh, I'd love to help out with that, please let either Pastor Sarah or Marlene or myself know. So those activities are coming up. All right, ushers, we'll have you come forward and we'll take up our offering. There are many different ways that we give, and I'm just so thankful for all of you. Sometimes we just give our time, right? We say, I'm going to come and be with my family and be in the house of the Lord together. And so I'm so thankful for all of you giving of your time and being with us tonight. We're going to obviously take up a collection for those of you who want to give financially so we can pay for the, for the lights to be on. And some of you give of your talent as you volunteer and help. And many of you also give in prayer, and we definitely need that, that as well. So let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this time together and this opportunity to give. Bless each and every single person here and all of those that are able to give. May the gifts that come into this place and the time that is spent be blessed, Father God. May it multiply. May it be used to help many people to feel loved, to feel your hands upon them and guiding them. Help them, Father, and help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. All right. All right, Wesley, am I live? Yeah? All right. Thank you. Well, today's message might not sound like a fun one, but that's okay, right? Sometimes, have anybody ever remember school? And there were like those teachers that were really fun and everything was like exciting. And then every once in a while there was the teachers or the lessons that weren't always fun, but you learned something important. Wow. Maybe, maybe you'll think it's fun. I guess it depends if you're a 
if you're a person that enjoys, you know, some of the, I call them guy movies. I know I'm being sexist right now, but, you know, the ladies seem to like the relational ones, and the guys seem to like the war, you know, the, the violence, the, that, what is it, John Wick, where he'll go around. I used to always think of, um, what is it, 007, James Bond. The James Bond type movies, now it's like movies more like John Wick, where it's just an average, seems to be everyday guy. I don't think he's average, though. But today's message is called, Weapons Are Meant to Hurt You. Now, again, that doesn't sound fluffy and nice. Weapons are meant to hurt you. Why would we want to talk about that? Well, we live in a world that has weapons, and we need to know that they're meant to hurt us. Now, you know, living in Bay City, living in America, we constantly hear the news about, you know, shootings and weapons and violence, or we hear about war and, and things like that. I think there was just recently a shooting at the Bay City Mall this weekend. Um, it sounds like it was an isolated incident where the people kind of knew each other. And I think most of the shootings that we've had in Bay City that I've been mainly aware of, unfortunately, have to do with drugs. And so... You know, I constantly am praying for the drugs to stop flowing into Bay City and for, for violence to not be here because we want our, our people to live a long, natural life and that before they die, they come to know Christ and that they, you know, have joy and they have peace. So the weapons I'm talking about aren't necessarily physical weapons, even though it is true that weapons... Even physical ones are meant to hurt you. You know, you don't, you don't carry around a sword that's made out of rubber, right? If you're, if you're, if you're using it for self-defense. Or, you know, the police officers don't walk around with guns with no bullets in them, right? They, they are armed, and as they, you know, many people say, armed and dangerous. Why? Because a weapon can, is used to hurt someone. Now, why do I keep talking? What, what is the point? Well, here's the point. We have enemies. Now, who are our enemies, right? Well, in our flesh, right, in our body, our enemies, right, can be people. It can be animals, right? You know, I went to Yellowstone, and um, I was warned of the grizzly bears. You know, that would have been my enemy, and their weapons are claws and teeth, and if they would have used those against me, that definitely would have hurt. So here in our body, the weapons that could be wielded by people, but we also have a soul, and weapons are meant to hurt us, and there are weapons that attack us and attack our soul. Now, what is our soul? Our soul is our emotions and our emotional connection and relationship to others. So soul wounds, which if a weapon hurts you, you get a wound from it. So we can have wounds to our soul. And some of the emotions that attack our soul are jealousy, right? Envy, rage. Sometimes we experience those emotions and then those emotions then wound our soul. will cause us to then wound other people. And those usually come in the form of words and sometimes actions that then cause us pain in our soul. And then we also are not only body, soul, but spirit. 
So what are some of the enemies that we have in the spirit? And that, of course, then goes into demonic. And those enemies could be demons, demonic spirits, like the spirit of lust, temptation um, to sin, which causes us wounds in our spirit. So weapons are meant to hurt us. They're meant to wound us. And what do those wounds usually look like? How do we know we're wounded, right? I, I... when you're in a car accident, right? The first time you, you kind of come out of a car accident, you're kind of like, you're like, you're, what is it? Your adrenaline is pumping. And a lot of times people don't even realize that they're hurt, do they? Sometimes it's like a day later and all of a sudden, oh, my back hurts. But most of the time, the first thing that, you know, the first responders do is they look and say, are they bleeding? And if they're bleeding, if they can visibly see some bleeding on their body, they know that's one sign of being wounded. Now we can have eternal, internal wounds. We, we know that. But the bleeding is usually one of the first signs. And so we know that when we're bleeding, we've been wounded. Our bleeding looks a lot different, though, whether if it's in our body or in our soul, doesn't it? Sometimes we don't even realize we're wounded in our spirits. The Bible, though, is really clear. It'll talk about crushed heart, right? That's like a heart that was a lot of times the, the um, soul, the emotion, how they would describe that, especially in the Old Testament. It would talk about, um, you know, your spirit and wanting to bring healing to your spirit, to bring wholeness to your soul. And so what I want to do as we kind of go through the month of July is to look at the weapons that hurt our bodies and how we interact with people. And and sometimes we hurt ourselves, don't we? The Bible says that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean, Mary? I'm not a temple. Nobody bows down and worships me. Well, some of you worship yourself, right? (laughs) You worship your kids or you worship somebody else. So sometimes we do worship other people. We're not going to go to that. And sometimes we have idols, Like, I love how they call it American Idol, right? Um, A pop idol. And, you know, one of the Old Testament uh, Ten Commandments is have no other idol before God. But haven't we ever, maybe it was when you were younger, there's somebody that you idolized and you hung on every word they said. And, well, if they said, you know, to go to bed early because then I'll grow bigger muscles, well, yeah, you know, He-Man says I should get lots of rest. Or Mr. T said that. But when mom was telling them to go to bed early, so that way you can grow and be stronger, oh, mom doesn't know what she's talking about, right? But all of a sudden, your idol tells you that. So we're going to look at that. We're going to look at what kind of wounds do we get from our body and the people around us, and what kind of wounds do we have in our soul, and what kind of wounds do we have in our spirit? What does the Bible tell us about those wounds, and what do we do about them? But today, to kind of introduce this topic, we have to first look at, is this even biblical, right? Why is she talking about the enemy or or wounds? So let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. And there's really long passages with some of these. But I encourage you to, you know, grab your Bible during the week. That's possible. They exist outside of this building. It can be opened, right, and enjoyed. Most of you, if you have a smartphone, you can download the YouVersion Bible app and, and, and 
pull up some of these things. There's even a search function on there. You can just type in the word enemy or spiritual warfare or, you know, um, battle. And you can find all the Bible verses and passages that talk about these. I'm just going to hit on a few because we're going to look at these a little bit more in depth as the next few weeks go by. But in Ephesians chapter 6, it starts in verse 10 about the armor of God. But we're going to look at verses 11 and 12. He says, put on the full armor of God that you can take your stand against the enemy's schemes. Why would you put on armor? Why did people put on armor? To prevent the enemy's, right, weapons from wounding us. Now, we, we won't get into too much detail between the difference between a bruise and a and a saber cut, but I'm assuming if somebody had like a 12-pound sword, right, if Roland came up here with a 12-pound sword and took it and swung it as hard as he could and hit me right in the middle. Now, if I didn't have any armor on and it was sharp, pride sliced through me, right? And that wound would have been fatal. But if I have armor on, if I have metal plating on, and he were to take that same sword with the same force and swing and hit it at me, right, the metal plating would stop the sword from entering into my skin and cutting me, and it wouldn't be a, a mortal wound, but I bet you I'd be bruised the next day. Wouldn't I be bruised up? I'd be bruised and I'd be hurting. And I'm, and I'm sure, depending on the person and what's kind of going on inside, I mean, if you hit somebody hard enough, blunt force trauma, I mean, Maybe I have a, a sick appendix and it causes it to burst or, you know, you, you hit, you cause, cause something. I'm not saying that it couldn't be fatal, but most likely it's going to be a lot less damage than if it's just hitting your skin. And so why does he say put on the armor? Because the enemy is going to try to hit you. The question is, is it going to be a fatal hit or is it going to be a bruise, right? something that you're going to be able to walk away from. Now, when we talk about all this, I'm going to keep reminding people, the Bible tells us these things and warns us because the enemy is hitting us. The question is, is when he hits you, does it take you out? Is it a fatal wound, right? Is it something that causes bleeding and it takes weeks and months, maybe even years to heal from? Or do you take hits and within a day you can shake it off? See, God wants us to not only live life here on earth, but live life to the fullest. And that means to protect us, our body, our soul, and our spirit. Sometimes I think about this, just, it's like a simple thing to think about, but I uh, was looking for this little cooler, and I ran out the back door, and I had to go across a bunch of rocks and gravel to get where I thought, I had this little cabinet where I thought I'd put the cooler and because I was in a hurry, I didn't put my shoes on, so I had my bare feet. And I'll tell you what, that gravel didn't feel good on my bare feet. Why is that? My feet have been pampered, right? I, I don't live a thousand years ago where people are out walking on gravel every day and the bottom of your feet are calloused and rough and you can take it. No, my feet are used to wearing some sort of protection. And when you have protection on, it definitely saves you from being hurt. So 
he says here, he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. What I find interesting is that he says, your, your struggle, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Now, I'm going to talk about how, you know, there are weapons against our flesh and blood, and that'll be one week, but then the next week will be about our soul and our spirit. And so when we're standing here saying that we're going to look at these spiritual weapons or these soulish weapons that come against us, and it's not flesh and blood, but he is still using the analogy of like a physical armor and these weapons that come against us, it gives us a picture to say that the enemy is still trying to hit us and that weapons hurt us and cause us to bleed just as much as a sword would. Now, if we would defend ourselves and protect ourselves, even from something as simple as sharp gravel by putting our shoes on, why are we not protecting ourselves against these spiritual weapons that Paul has warned us about? It's because we don't see it. And no one's explained it to us. You don't see the germs that are on your booty after you go potty. But after you wipe your bottom, you wash your hands, right? Well, my hands look clean. Yeah, but there's bacteria, right? There's viruses. There's poop follicles down there that you don't see. So we wash our hands. We know that chicken can have salmonella in it, and if it sits on the counter and it's raw and you put it in your stove, all of a sudden you're gonna, you, you take your sponges, or your, well, you shouldn't be using sponges, but you take whatever and you wipe it down, right, with hot soapy water. Why? Well, because raw chicken was sitting there. Eh, it looks okay to me. But we know, because we have been taught a lesson, that that could make you sick. So wash it off. Protect yourself, right? Some people I know, they'll wear gloves. Why are they wearing gloves? Well, because there's something in there that could make me sick if it gets on me or in me. So today we're learning a lesson that even though you don't see the weapons coming against you every single day that are trying to wound your soul, that are trying to wound your spirit, they're there. And you need to put your shoes on. This one's the shoes of peace, right? You need to put on your buckle. You need to put on your breastplate. Us ladies, we put a bra on. I mean, seriously, like we get dressed, we put them on. Well, most of us do. I do. And uh, those things, they protect us. They hold us up. They give us support. You need to get up in the morning and put on your breastplate of righteousness. You can make this become a daily habit just like it is when you wash your hands or when you brush your teeth or when you, you know, put your shoes on before you go out, the day, out for the day. But if we don't learn what these things are and how they're attacking us, we, we won't know. So this, this passage goes on, and he describes the different parts of the armor, and we'll look at that more in depth. But, you know, like I said, feel free to go through that. But I just love how clear he is. You must put on armor. 
The armor is what protects you from the hits. The armor is what protects you from the arrows and the, the weapons that come against you because they are coming against you. Most of us, haven't you ever felt beat up and no one ever touched you? Haven't you ever left like a meeting or a family event or maybe just at work and even if somebody else is arguing and you're, just, you're not even near it, but you're just standing in the presence of that and you're like, ugh, I didn't need to lay down. Because that was a battle that you just were a part of or witnessed or were close to. And you got close to that, and it affected your soul. Maybe it affected your spirit, depending on if it was like a spiritual battle. In 2 Corinthians, it continues to talk about these, this spiritual battle. It says here, it says, Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the war- world does. But he doesn't say we are not in a war, does it? He does, he does not denying that we're in a war. He's just saying we're not in a worldly war. He says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. So that's like going to be part of the lesson when we learn about what do we do. But in this moment, as we first have to acknowledge that it's happening, we have to look at the fact that we have weapons to bring down strongholds, and there's other weapons that are being against, used against us because we are in a war. We are in a war. And weapons are designed to bring us pain, So whenever you go through life and you are in physical pain, you are in mental pain, you are in spiritual pain, emotional pain, the enemy has just used a weapon against you. Sometimes that comes through the words of others. Sometimes it just comes from our thoughts. Nowadays, they have a a word for it. They call it triggering, right? You, maybe you're having a great day, everything is good, And you're outside, you're downtown, you walk past the bakery and you smell chocolate chip cookies baking and all of a sudden you have this memory, you have this flashback to when you were a kid. And maybe grandma was making cookies and grandpa came in there and started beating the crap out of her, right? And all of a sudden now whenever you smell baked chocolate chip cookies, you remember that day and how you felt as, you know, defenseless and you couldn't protect grandma. Now, most of the time, it's, it's a memory bringing us back something like that. Um, we use the word now whenever you have a memory. It triggered the memory. But that's not actually why the psychologists first used that word. It was when the memory then caused us to go do something. So let's say you've been struggling with alcoholism and you've been clean and sober for 20 weeks but that memory was so strong that it triggers you to go back to drinking and you walk past the bakery and you walk into a bar and start drinking, then you've pulled the trigger on doing something different that's destructive towards you. And the reason why they call it trigger because it caused you to do something that was damaging to yourself. And now all of a sudden the weapon was in your back pocket and you used it on yourself. Now, we know that it originated from the enemy, right? The enemy gave you this for self-harm. 
I'm going to give you this trauma. I'm going to give you this memory. I'm going to give you this. So every time you think about it, you're going to hurt yourself because you couldn't help her. And those are the times when we know, right, that's, we, can, we can acknowledge that this happens and part of what we can then do for our soul and our mind if we have an issue like that that continues to wound us is to go talk to somebody about that, right? Go talk to a therapist, talk to, you know, pastoral counseling or an elder. And, it, you know, I always, people always say, well, what should I do? I said, do something. I don't care what you do. And if it doesn't help, go do something else. And if that doesn't help, go do something else, right? If it's, if it's 11 o'clock at night and I'm really hungry and I need to get, or maybe I need to get medicine for my kids and I go down to Rite Aid and it's closed, I don't just go home. I go down to Myers and see if they're open 24 hours or I'll run over to Walmart. It's like I keep going to get that medicine that they need. And so be willing to do that for yourself. So we're going to look at these different things, but the question will be, what happens when you are wounded? Well, Mary, I don't know why you care. You know, I get beat up sometimes. Why should I worry about it? And I'm tough and I'm fine. Well... Maybe, maybe you're wounded every day and you think it doesn't affect anybody else, but I don't know about you. When I'm wounded and I'm bleeding, I usually get blood all over, make a mess. Usually get blood on the people around me. What about those times when you're, like, sick and you start vomiting? Is that cool? If I had a vomiting problem, I should just go wherever and not get any treatment for that. And just, I'll vomit here and I'll vomit while I'm on the stage and vomit in your car and vomit. No, right? We would never do that. If we're physically hurt, if we were bleeding, if we were vomiting, we would get help. We would bandage ourselves up. We would, right, we would do something different. So what does vomit look like? What does blood look like when we're talking about our soul? Sometimes it's, it's anger and hatred, the words that come out of our mouth. Sometimes we blame we shift the blame, right? We don't want to say, oh, I did this and I shouldn't have done that. And so we blame other people. We deny. Sometimes we lash out. Why? Because of the pain. We had this cute little puppy we got when it was really little. We just loved that puppy. And that puppy never knew violence. It was never hit. Always just got kisses. Would sleep in bed with my little daughter. It was just, just a happy dog. I mean, you never, never would have any problems. I would trust that dog with my life. But when that dog got in pain and was at the near end of its life, if you touched on a certain spot on its body, it would start to lash out and then, of course, stop itself because it was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to hurt you. But, man, that hurts. Don't touch there. And I think we do that sometimes. It's like, I know I love you and I shouldn't, you know, say this or do this, but I'm in pain, so I lash out. So it's kind of like, what's causing the infection or what's causing the pain? Oh, the wound is causing the pain. Well, I keep getting the wound in the same spot. Well, what's causing the wound? Oh, the enemy or this weapon. And so a lot of times we don't find the root, and so we never get better. You know, we, we, 
bandage for this sore that won't heal, but never, you know, looks down in there and sees what's causing it or what they can do to actually make it better. They just keep covering it. That wouldn't be a very good doctor, would it? We, we would go somewhere else. We in the last year, no, that's not normal. I remember having um, a surgery on my feet, and I had this part, the incision wasn't healing. It wasn't getting better, and it wasn't getting better. And I'd go back to that same doctor, and I'd be like, this isn't getting better. Oh, let's try this cream, and oh, let's try this thing, and let's try this. And three months went by, and I finally I went to the dermatologist. And I said, this wound won't get better. And so he did a totally different approach, and guess what? Within two weeks, it was healed. And sometimes we have to acknowledge that we're not getting better, that the enemy has a, keeps attacking us, and we keep having these same issues, and we don't want to bleed anymore. We have to do something different. In Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17, it says, no weapon forged against you will prevail. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Now, I've heard other versions of this this uh, passage. And I'm sure you've heard it too. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Has anybody ever heard that one? Um, I like this New King James, or excuse me, this is NIV, because they kind of look at the, the roots of the words, and, and they use the word prevail. So I looked up the definition of prevail, because I'm like, what is that supposed to mean? No weapon forged against you will prevail. Even the prosper, you know, you know when I was younger, I just thought that meant that no weapon formed against me will hurt me. That's what I thought. Oh, the enemy's got weapons, but he can't hurt me. That's not what it says. Prevail means prove to be more powerful than you. So if the enemy's weapons are not more powerful than me, that means they're either as powerful as me or less powerful than me. But they're still powerful. It will not prevail against me. It will not defeat me. It will not prosper. How do you prosper? You gain ground, right? You gain. I'm prospering because I have more than I had before. It will not prosper. It will not get bigger. It will not win. But that doesn't mean it won't hurt. He's saying that this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and this is their vindication from me. So God is saying, because you are my servants, right? Because you are my heritage, which means like children, right? I'm leaving a heritage. I'm leaving a legacy. These, this, is, this is what goes on. Because you are my children, I will make sure that the enemy is never more powerful than you. I will make sure that the enemy will not prosper. But it doesn't say that I will make sure that they never attack you. We live here on earth. This was very clear. He says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. 
So because Jesus has overcome, we're allowed to use his name, but we will have trouble. I think about all the different times he'd go out in the boat with his, his uh, guys, his buddies, his disciples. And they would have storms. Now you would think anywhere that man's foot trot that there would have been no storms. There would have been sunny days. But he was here in the form of man. And as humanity, we come across storms, don't we? He shows us how to act in the storm, though, didn't he? At one point, he's just walking on the water. He's just going. He's just ignoring it. And they're like, you know, being buffeted by the waves. What does that mean? They're like fighting against the wind. Because waves that are that strong that you're fighting against, right? Especially where they were, would have been from the wind. They were on a lake. They weren't on the, the ocean. It wasn't the tide coming in and out. It was a lake, so that the winds would have been blowing. Jesus is like, eh, just keep on going. Just walk through it. Pay it no mind. And when they recognized him, at first they were afraid, and then they realized it was Christ. You know, Peter went out to go walk with them, and it says that Peter began to walk on the water, but then as soon as his eyes got off of Jesus and he began to look at the waves around him, he began to sink, sink, and Jesus grabbed his hand, pulled him up, and said, Oh, Peter, you have little faith. And they got into the boat, and it says instantly the lake water was calm. When we put our eyes on Christ, we can walk on the water in the middle of the storm. And we can walk like him like nothing is ever happening. Why? Because the trouble is going to come. The enemy is going to come. He's going to try to wound us. He's going to try to drown us. He's going to try to harm us. And we can be hit but not taken out. We can recover. I love how, you know, Isaiah 53, one of the things that we are promised is healing. We can receive that healing. We can walk in that peace. We can have those shoes put on. In Isaiah 54, verse 17, No weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. I love this because I just got done telling you that some of the weapons that come against you are going to be physical, and some of them are going to hurt your soul. And how do the weapons hurt our soul? By words. I think sometimes I'd rather somebody slap me on my face and walk away and say, I'm sorry, I thought you, were, you looked like my old ex, I don't know, whatever, whatever the reason is, than to have somebody come up and scream in my face and tell me how horrible I am. Why? Because the, the verbal assault, sometimes doesn't that hurt worse? I mean, the physical, depending on what it is, it's like, all right, get over that and feel better. But their words, you know, the, the feeling of the hands on your face, that, that stops as soon as their hand is off, right? And as soon as the bruise heals, you're done. But the words, sometimes we replay them, don't we? Over and over and over again. Am I the only one that's laid in bed at night? And, and I'll tell you what, though, the words that have kept me up, the longest are the ones I've said. Why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why? Why? 
why, why? And that's why I say sometimes the enemy is us. Sometimes it's us hurting ourselves, hurting the people around us. You know, and, and we can look back at the root and say, was I, was I bleeding? Did I just vomit on somebody? That's why I always say something like, oh, what happened? I'm like, oh, they just vomited on me. What, really? No, word vomit. <laughs> I've never had word vomit. I'd rather have a seven-month-old just who drank an eight-ounce bottle puke all over me than some of the adults that have come in and word vomited all over me. But that is sometimes what happens. And so when he talks about this, he doesn't just talk about weapons that are forged. Now, what is forged? We know exactly back then they would forge knives. They would forge, you know, swords, spears. They would forge all kinds of weapons because you would use metal weapons. And so he's saying, look it, no weapon that is forged against you will prevail and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. So if this is our heritage of the Lord, our gift because we are his children, right? If this is our vindication from the Lord that we will be able to withstand it, maybe we should learn what it is. Maybe we should learn how to put on that armor, because the hits are going to come. The trouble is going to come. But I think most of the time we don't even recognize it or know that it's happening. We don't. We don't. So we're surprised. We're unprepared. Right? We blame incorrectly what we think is going on because we don't really know what's going on. We don't grow or change. We have the same struggles just with different people. But, but we can learn. We can be aware. Right? I mean, my mother grew up in Germany and was quite young when World War II broke out. And because she experienced that as an adult living in America... You'd go down in her basement, and you would find food to feed you for a year, right? She would can. She would buy extra, you know, just bags of flour or or pasta. And I'm sure there were many people, because not just World War II, actually living through it and not being able to leave your house to go to the store, but people living through, like, the Depression era, where you would go and you would find all this food prepared. Now, did did they need it? Did they end up ever using it? I bet some of the people that were taught that from their parents and grandparents were able to use the food that they had saved up during the shutdowns, right? They they were prepared. I know some people weren't. Now, am I talking about reality here in in, in America where you you can literally go on your phone and have groceries delivered to you? We don't necessarily need to prepare for that. But my point is... There are people who have been through experiences that are now prepared. And there's others of us, because we haven't, we weren't necessarily. And the question is, is can we learn and prepare and understand the value of that, but not in the physical, but rather for our soul, for our spirit? 
I honestly believe because we can see our body, because we can feel the effects, and we, we understand that if I stand on gravel and my feet hurt, that the pain came from the gravel. So I put shoes on, and we put shoes on. But I think most of us have no idea why we're angry, why we're hurt emotionally, why we're yelling or we're looking for something to numb our pain because we don't have the same awareness about what's happening in our soul and our spirit. And we need to understand that there are other weapons and that they're designed to hurt us. And when they hit us, we bleed. So your homework, yep, 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 you all have homework. All right. Your homework is Ephesians chapter 6. Now, if you read the first little part, you'll find out that children are supposed to honor their father and mother and blah, blah, blah. That's good. Read, read that first part. That's good. But it really starts in verse 10 about the armor of God. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 6, especially starting in verse 10, and it goes all the way through to the end. Now, what is your homework? Read it. Read it. All right? It's going to tell you about how you can put on the armor of God. Now, this isn't your armor, and this isn't armor from, like, under armor, right? You can't just go and buy some sort of, you know, what do they call that? Sweat, sweat proof. What is that? Dry, dry lock shirts, you know, and then you're going to do well. Or you can't go and get a, a bulletproof vest and, and survive this. No. This is your spiritual armor, your emotional armor, your armor for your soul. Now, I, I, I do I want you to read it ahead of time? Because I want you to ponder it. I want you to look at it. I want you to think about it. Because next week when I come back, I'm going to break it down. We're going to talk about how does this armor protect you. Especially for these soulish issues, right? For the emotional issues. So we're going to look at this armor as it protects us in our soul. And when we get to the spirit part, we're going to look at the blood of Jesus and how we apply that and how that affects us with the spirit, with the demonic. Does that make sense? So this armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6 is for our soul and our emotions. And then we're going to look at Christ's blood in the name of Jesus, and how that protects us spiritually. All right, let me pray for all of you. Father God, as we look through your scriptures and we see all of these warnings, we see this description of, of spiritual battles and how it will affect us, we acknowledge that sometimes we've been wounded and we didn't even know, we didn't even realize and we didn't take care of the wound properly, and it festered, and it got infected. And, and some of us are still walking around wounded, and we need your help. Number one, we need to understand what happened and how to prepare ourselves so it doesn't happen again. But we also need to know what to do now. How do we fix it? How do we go back and apologize? How do we let go of our regret and become a new creation in Christ. We can do these things. You've promised us. Your word is clear. So as we search your word and read and understand and pray and ask for your help, may you meet us here. May you change us. 
May our future be different because now we know and now we are prepared. We thank you, Father, and we trust you and we love you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. I hope you all have a wonderful week. And the blessing, blessing shop is open. If you need anything, feel free to head down there. God bless.